welcome to our final episode of Season 8 of Crypto Sapiens. This is now Season 12 of Season 8 of Crypto Sapiens. Um, and yeah, I um, have some announcements today um, and some things that I'd like to share with our listeners and viewers. So this will actually be my last time hosting for Crypto Sapiens for this season. Um, it has been such an amazing journey. I've learned so much. And I'm hoping by the time that this episode release, I will have an article showing what I've learned throughout Season 8 and, you know, the journey I've had on Crypto Sapiens, which has been amazing. Um, I'm joined to he here today with Eureka John, uh, who does our AV, Humpty, and I'm also joined by the Bankless Card team, Chris and Lynx. Um, so before we jump in and do introductions, I'd like to pass it off to Eureka John and Humpty to just talk about a little bit about season eight, um, what the highlighting uh, highlight moments have been, and, and basically what they've uh, um, experienced on this journey. And we could kick it off with uh, Eureka John. Okay, I'll go first. Um, Humpty is definitely more of the wordsmith <laughs> than I am, so <laughs> I'm sure he could elaborate better. But uh, yeah, this has uh, been a really incredible season working with you, Rachel, uh, from start to now. Um, I definitely have seen you grow in so many ways um, from your very first episode learning how to turn on a mic <laughs> and to, to eat. Like, you've been up on stage and I've seen you at conferences speaking very eloquently. But getting behind a camera and being on a podcast is like a whole different monster. And a lot of people think that you can, if you can do, be on stage, you can do a it's podcast, so but different. it's not true. It's <laughs> so different. Yeah. So, you know, you've definitely, you know, done your part in, in putting it out there and then listening back to yourself, which is one of the hardest things to do and just to hear yourself and it's so easy to just beat yourself up and say, oh, my God, I suck. I'm never doing this again. And to not make little improvements. And you have made amazing improvements. And now you're just like flowing like a stream. And uh, it, it sounds really good. So I love that part of it from the technical aspect. And, of course, your whole Web3 web knowledge and your networking skills are bar none amazing. So yeah, that's definitely something to look up to. Wow. Uh, one of my favorite episodes was the Zero X Justice and Grendel episode. Uh, I thought that one flowed really well. It made a lot of sense. You guys talked technical and talked philosophically. Um, it's just covered all the bases to me in, in my book. So yeah. Well, well, Eureka John, just hearing your feedback means so much to me. You truly have seen my Web3 journey from beginning to now. Uh, you know, with Journo Dow at ETH Denver two years ago, um, I, I realized Journo Dow actually interviewed me at my first time public speaking. Um, so you've seen me do, you know, public speaking engagements and conferences. And um, it, it is a completely different medium stepping into podcasting. And I have learned so much. Uh, it's actually more, there's more challenges. There's so much more that goes into podcasting that I didn't even know when I stepped into this. Um, but yeah, it's kind of my personality to just jump into the abyss and learn as I go. So that's what I did. And it's been such an epic experience. It's connected me with new people. It's taught me new things. It's helped me grow as a person personally and in my career, you know, expanding my network and interviewing good people doing good things. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to write about it. I want to write about my journey. And historically, we've seen Crypto Sapiens kind of be like a launch pad, right? Um, and Humpty, I know you've had some, some words about this on our team calls if you want to speak to that a bit. Yeah, I, I wanted to note something that Eureka John said, um, you know, towards the end there, and that was like flowing like water. And that was very Bruce Lee of him. Um, because it just reminds me exactly of like the journey of 
you know, becoming a content creator and just getting familiar with the technology, you know, realizing that you're talking to a, a monitor and maybe not directly engaging with someone, which tends to be a little bit easier. But a lot of that just is practice. And eventually it just becomes like flowing like water. You just find the the things that work for you. And that actually are the unique things that I think that make you know, podcasting super special because everyone brings so much character and personality to these spaces. Um, you in particular, I will say, uh, it's been a pleasure, you know, working with you. I've seen the work that you do before coming into Crypto Sapiens. I knew the person that we were going to be working with. I was excited to work with you because I know the level of professionalism, the value that you uh, that you have or, or or the regard that you have for this space here, um, you know, to you is it, it, it's as much uh, valuable to you as this space uh, needs you. Right. So you're creating a lot of value for it in return. So being a part of Crypto Sapiens, yes, it's part of your journey. But, you know, this is just a huge marathon for you. And just to be able to say that there was a milestone for you here with us, to me, that's incredibly exciting. It's a huge privilege to have had you uh, contributing, um, you know, to us. I would say uh, agreeing with uh, Eureka John here in terms of one of my favorite episodes, it's hard not to side with the Bankless Dow family. You know, we have more Bankless Dow family here right now um, on this pod. So, you know, it, it's it's really cool to look to also to uh, Justice and Grendel because that a lot of us are from season zero at Bankless Dow. Uh, where I personally learned how to DAO. So yeah, to me, that that was one of my favorites. But anybody who goes back to the archive and starts to listen from episode one, which I remember how hard it was for us to even figure out the technology that day, through today, we'll see the growth, uh, the maturity in your development as a content creator, as an educator, so it's just been really wonderful to see your evolution and also you take on bigger and greater responsibilities uh, in this ecosystem. So, yeah, it's been rad. Wow. Thank you so much for joining um, us. Yeah, emotions are high right now. It's definitely, you know, not an easy thing to do my final episode of Crypto Sapiens because I really love it so much. I've put my heart into this season. Um, I absolutely love working for the team and I'm always, always happy to support the team at any capacity wherever I go. I'm always going to bring the Crypto Sapiens uh, flag with me and fly it high. Um, so yeah, for those of you listening that know, I've actually started hosting and curating the content for the University of Ethereum. Um, now, this is kind of like stepping into a completely new adventure for me. So I'm going to be working with a lot of folks that are, are working in blockchain. Um, and this is backed by um, Ethereum, right? So like we're doing a lot of work in the Ethereum ecosystem. Um, and we're really working with colleges, universities, blockchain clubs, and we're going to be focusing on how blockchain can solve real world problems. So just continuing to perpetuate the ethos and actually like 
basically create a narrative around crypto that it can actually be leveraged for good. So that is my whole mission. And um, yeah, really working in like a self-sovereign, independent worker sense. I, I'm really just kind of like uh, working on multiple things and trying to cohesively have it all come together to be of benefit to the space. Um, so yeah, sorry, Chris and Links. I know that was a lot of words leading up to this. Um, but yeah, we are featuring Bankless Card for our final episode of season eight. Um, I, I did this intentionally to bring it back to the Bankless DAO community because really we all wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Bankless DAO, right? Like all of us got involved, all of us fell in love with DAOs and working in the space and have come to this point where we have started our own projects and our own independent journeys. Um, so yeah, I will pass it off to Chris and Links. Uh, we can start with Chris and, and get into introductions real quick. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And uh, thanks a lot for having us on. I'm going to pile in with the Rachel praise. And, <laughs> you guys, and just, making you know, me blush over say, here. Uh, you know, I remember onboarding you into Dalationships way back in the day. I can't remember if it was oh me specifically God, yeah. who onboarded you, but I remember when you landed on the scene and you know you have been a powerhouse within the Bankless DAO ecosystem ever since. Uh, for those who don't know what Dalationships is, it's this, uh, I guess you could call it a bit of a club within Bankless DAO that, um, uh, that tries to connect different DAOs within the Web3 ecosystem and to sort of grease the wheels a little bit. It recently rebranded to OSPN, which is Open Source Public Network. They do a lot of demos. And Rachel, you're still active in there. Uh, it's a great place to, to sort of... Um, get some some biz dev leads, connect with people from different projects, different founders, et cetera. Um, so yeah, that was exciting working with you in there and just excited to see where you go from here um, and what's next to come, especially with Ethereum and also with Opolis. Um, I'm Chris, I go by NF Thinker. I am a photographer by trade. I did that for about 12 years. When I, when the pandemic hit and, you know, nobody knew what to do during the pandemic, we we're all stuck inside the house. So what better to do than trade shit coins? So I started trading some coins and, and that was all on a centralized exchange, but I wanted to get some more alpha on, you know, why, what coins I knew there were certain coins that were useless, that were just being pumped for pump and dumps. And I knew there were certain coins out there that were going to be or something um, like Matic was a good example. Why was Matic an exciting uh, uh, token to buy into? Why was Polygon such a great ecosystem to buy into? Uh, so I started listening to the Bankless podcast and I became a premium subscriber and got the, the Genesis airdrop like a few of us here. And that was my first exposure to Web3. That was my first exposure to MetaMask, transacting on chain. I, I made my first on-chain transaction via a, a claim. I claimed my tokens and then I went and voted on a Bankless DAO snapshot vote. Um, and that was kind of it. I then started working in a, in a guild. Um, I ended up, I think that's where I met you, John, was probably that first meeting I joined. Um, and from there I became talent coordinator for design guild, which got me involved in loads of different projects. And I became the guy around bankless DAO who was kind of known as he knows everybody. So if you have any questions or want to find out how to get involved, just go ask Chris. That was very, very overwhelming after a while. Um, but I found my feet in a few different projects and I'm happy to say that, uh, Al AKA links, approached me and said, Hey, what do you think about this cool idea called bankless card? And I thought it was amazing. And so here we are today. 
Awesome. Yeah. And and Chris, it has just been a pleasure working with you on at multiple in- instances. Um, also doing, you know, a podcast with John Poller, founder of Opolis and Eat Denver. Uh, so yeah, always continuing the cross network and cross pollination effect of, of Web3 and, and working together has been a pleasure. Um, and yeah, links, uh, seeing you at, at Eat Toronto was really nice. Uh, just seeing you constantly passionate about showing up for community IRL. I absolutely love that about you. You have shown up so much for the Bankless DAO community, by the way, just seeing you always on the community calls, always stepping up and, and really leading the community and, and just being a really powerful force um, in, in the ecosystem. Uh, so yeah, without further ado, I'll pass it off to Links to give your introduction. Thanks very much. I appreciate that. Those kind words. It was really nice to meet you at e Toronto, and just the way that you brought people together, I think was really good. It's one of your superpowers as well. I'm definitely more one of those grinders who like puts in the work to try to get it done. And you need all these different kinds of people, which is a nice thing uh, about DAOs and Bankless DAO in general is that you're bringing all these different kinds of people together. So um, yeah, I really appreciate all the people on this call as well. Um, as a short introduction, uh, I come from technology and I was uh, someone who's been in Web2 startups for the past something like 10, 13 years. Um, I kept butting up against uh, ownership in Web2 startups. And when I heard about these DAOs, these kind of on-chain organizations, which were experimenting with ownerships, that really got me interested. So I kind of um, joined six DAOs, Bankless DAO of those DAOs is the only one that I continue to contribute to uh, because I really love the vibes there. Uh, and yeah, my, my goal is to build the next generation organization. That's what we're trying to do with Bankless Card. Uh, so that's, that's where my head's at. Awesome. Yeah. And, and we have some questions prepared today just so we can teach our listeners and viewers a bit more about Bankless Card. Um, so Links, I'll pass this question off to you. So can you tell me what Bankless Card is and what's the best way for an individual to use it? And how is this uh, different from other uh, reward funded cards? Yeah. Um, Bankless Card, I guess it's a lot of things. It's, uh, it's a new way to fund communities. Um, it's a tool to help people onboard onto Web3. Um, but ultimately what it is, it's a payment card, just like any other payment card that you have. Uh, and probably most people may not know this about payment cards, but when you swipe your debit or credit card at any place um, in North America, you're paying a 1% to 2% fee that typically goes to a bank. So what Bankless Card does um, at its core is it takes that fee and it redirects some of it to your favorite community. And that's that's really the core of Bankless Card. That's really the idea when Chris was mentioning that I came to him uh, and, and talked about it. That's really the, the, the core idea um, that we started with, I think like a year and a half ago, something like that. Um, and you know, who knew it would be so difficult to launch a payment card? I think a lot of people would know. But uh, And now we're at the point where we are imminently launching. Um, so we're very close to launching now this payment card, which um, in our phase one, we're really just going to allow people to get tokens in exchange for their spending. So you use Bankless Card, you sign up to one of the two communities that we have at launch, Bankless DAO, Nouns DAO, and in exchange for your spending, like, you know, you buy a coffee, you buy a hat, whatever you are buying on your day, um, you will start accumulating bank tokens and NOG tokens um, for your existing spending. You know, the, the fee is something that you're already paying, so it's nothing new. Um, but instead of going to a bank, it's going to your favorite cause, your favorite DAO, your favorite community. Um, and so that's, I think, really what is the difference between us and probably most of those other payment cards that you have in your wallets right now. Uh, we are really focused around kind of banding together to do something bigger. 
It's it's not these individual reward cards like uh, a crypto.com where they're trying to maximize these individual rewards um, really built for um, DGENs, people who are very interested in, in the finance space and that kind of thing. Um, Bankless Card is built for people who want to connect with other people who, who are part of a community, you know, people like us, people who are part of Bankless DAO and, uh, and hopefully many more communities uh, uh, as well, we go. That, that's absolutely brilliant. Just hearing that, like, what when you're processing transactions, it's actually going towards supporting communities that you believe in that are doing good. Um, I absolutely love that. So um, my next question for you, Links, is um, why did you decide to build this project? And also, I'm curious what the timeline has been, like when this was started. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, um, when I came to Chris, I was talking about bridging the UX gap between Web3 and the real world. That is our purpose at Bankless Card. It kind of inherits from the Bankless DAO purpose, which is to onboard the next billion people into Web3. Um, and so we were trying to bridge that UX gap. You know, we really believe that... Um, I think you kind of forget when you're in the DAO space how difficult it is to get in. Um, it's blockchain's a liberating technology, but no one's going to use it if it's overly technical and and kind of scary. You know, to join you have to understand wallets and seed phrases and gas fees and dexes and and you have to do all of this while avoiding getting scammed. Right? Like it is kind of scary even to to engage in the system, um, but. Being part of Bankless DAO kind of made me realize that communities really were were part of this bridging of the UX gap. When you have a real human or you're surrounded by these people who share your purpose, your values, and you're working together towards that that shared purpose, for me, that was the, the key. Like that was the feeling that I got when, when I was in Bankless DAO is the feeling that I think is going to get people more involved um, in Web3 You know, there are DAOs that are working on climate change, food insecurity, mm -hmm. decentralized media basically anything that you could think of. Um, and it's really um, these purpose-driven organizations is something that's kind of, I would say, missing in society a little bit more. That's that's the promise of DAOs to me. And that's, that's really um, why we're building it. I guess ultimately when you look at these communities, I mean, I could get into a little bit deeper. Like these communities, um, as we're building um, in this blockchain space, most of these communities, they don't have a sustainable revenue model. You know, the space is really driven by speculation and investment. Totally normal for an early stage technology like blockchain, but Web3 communities, you know, they have kind of uh, three ways to make money, NFT sales, private investment, or grants. And it's really only private investment that's kind of bringing new money into this ecosystem. Uh, so I'll, I guess like, I've, I've, I've diverged a little bit from your original question, but that's why we're building it. We're building it so that these communities can self-fund, can bootstrap, um, and in doing so, we will be bridging the UX gap between blockchain and the real world. Wow, that's beautiful. So th it, this is a financial instrument that is built with purpose in mind and creating a more sustainable and equitable future for the ecosystem, correct? Exactly. Well, that, that's amazing. And it has my full support. Um, I, I've really honestly been crazy about this idea since you brought it to me. I, I think it's just so brilliant. And I'm really excited to be supporting this. Um, and yeah, we have our next question teed up for NF Thinker. Eureka, John, do you want to take this question? Okay. okay. NF Thinker, I got a question for you. Okay. So when you use a credit card and you are a business using a credit card, a lot of times there's like the 2.625% credit card fee that's associated in there. And you said that basically that fee is going to be turned into the token of the community. Um, you see here in this question, like what are some of the ways that you can use this bankless card? 
are do all these vendors have to jump on board to that or does this act like a standard visa card um can you use it for everything and uh, you know is there a cost to get this card like I'm just trying to see how this standard vendor fee fits into that and, you know, how ubiquitous that can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, and it, it actually does depend on the market that the card is being used in because different markets around the world use a different business model. Um, in the States, we're using an affinity card model. And this will also, as far as I know, will translate over to Canada as well. Um, and there is a, a standard merchant fee that is paid. And a lot of that fee goes to the banks. And this is where we're capturing that value. We're, we're taking some of that money from the banks and we're redirecting it towards our DAO, which is Bankless Card DAO, and to our partners. Um, our, our, uh, I won't reveal partners yet because I know we're going to touch on that question in a minute. Um, but a portion of proceeds will go to, to partner communities and a portion will also be used to buy tokens on the open market, which is going to help the the token price raise in value we did some research before kicking off this whole thing um, and we wanted to know sort of what are the what do you want out of your token do you want to increase wallets that hold your token do you want to increase the price and we were actually surprised to find out that some communities aren't really interested in raising token price at all um, and so we sort of deflected our focus from raising token value to maybe we need to focus on helping proliferate brands because that's is what it's all about, right? It's about bringing a community together, getting people involved and getting them working towards whatever that mission for the, the DAO or tokenized community is. Um, raising token price might not help that mission at all because it just raises the barrier of entry to getting people involved. Um, so in terms of card usage, yeah, exactly that. You can just rock up and use your card however you use your card today. Um, as links mentioned before, starting card programs, it's hard. There are a lot of complicated technicalities in starting a card program. So from launch, we're going to have a swipe card and a digital card. Originally, we thought a digital card was Apple Pay, Google Pay. That's not the case. A tokenized card is an Apple Pay or a, or a Google Pay card. A digital card means that you can make online purchases. So out of the gate, there will be a physical card and an app. Um, and the app is where you will order your card and manage your balances. The physical card is where you'll be able to go into any merchant, swipe your card and make any purchase it will be, there won't be an added fee to you. The, the merchant fee is the portion that will be, uh, that will be divided up. A portion is sent to the card issuer, a portion is sent to Visa, and then that other portion is sent to us where we then allocate it out for the digital purchases. It's essentially the same thing. You can, um, add your card to amazon.com, make your amazon.com purchases, go to any online vendor, uh, through Shopify, um, through Etsy, and you can make those purchases on eBay using that digital card. Um, imminently, we will also be launching contactless, which includes a tokenized card. So a contactless card means that you'll be able to tap your card and also have Apple Pay and Google Pay integrated so you can do uh, face ID payments directly from your card. 
Awesome. Well, well, that sounds amazing. Thank you for providing yeah. all that information for us. And before I go over to our next question, I just want to bring it over to Humpty. If Humpty has any thoughts or, or questions on, on anything uh, we just shared. Before, before you do, Humpty, I realize I, I didn't answer that question fully. I wanted to add that, no, there is no cost to getting a card. It's a free okay. app to download and you can order a card for free as well. Okay. I'm also curious. Can I just ask one little oh, more follow-up yeah, question real quick? Oh yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Like for instance, I'm a vendor and I accept credit cards and I know mm -hmm. that there's that 2.625% fee on there. So you say that like part portion of that fee is going to be split up, you know, um, does that add to the vendor or does no, no, there, there's okay. nothing different on the vendor side. So you can accept our card just like you would accept any other card and there's no additional fee to you. So it's that two point what it it's different to each vendor so whatever sure. whatever agreement you have with your with your card um your card machine company mm -hmm. that will be specific to you and that's the portion that is taken and split up via the card issuers the network which is visa or mastercard and the card partners and oh, this cool. is okay this is really why we went with like a card because everyone knows how to use a card. It's an existing system that's ubiquitous. When Bankless Card launches in the US, any US location or actually worldwide location that takes MasterCard, you'll be able to use Bankless Card. You know, that we are a MasterCard essentially for this uh, for this release. That may change in the future, mm -hmm. but for now, we really want to be able to, to get something out and build over time, as, as Chris was saying. Um, so from the merchant perspective, it's just like any other MasterCard. Uh, from a user perspective, it's just like any other MasterCard. The only difference is that you're supporting your community when you're using it. Rad. Love Thanks. it. <laughs> okay, I think, I think I'm all clear for landing. Um, <laughs> I, I just love the, the conversation here. And it's funny because I had a comment and then through the, the additional conversation, I now have questions. Uh, but I'll go with my comment first. My first, the comment I was going to make was a long time ago, like six years ago, I uh, helped co-found this startup. And one of the things that, well, we built a few things, but one of the things that we built was a crypto gift card. And it literally sparked the fire to everything else we built after that. And the reason for it is something that's tangible when you're working with something that's primarily virtual um, gives people some, it really hooks people. It's, it's so funny, right? Because we, we advocate for like this digital currency. Uh, we advocate for decentralized money. But at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're still lizards. And so we like to hold on to things. <laughs> and so it was really wild to see how that excitement definitely drove a lot of value and attention to everything else we built after that, which included a crypto payment processor that we built on an open uh, source platform. So Clover. Um, having said that, so so by the way, and I say that to, to really, um, I guess, share my thoughts that I think Bankless Card is going to be successful because there is something tangible that people can hold and process payments with, you know, but there is a relationship to the culture and the community that they hold near and dear to their heart. And so that bridge, I think, is going to be very good for both sides. For the crypto native people, which here at Crypto Sapiens, that's always, always our aim is 
you know, educate people from crypto curious to crypto native, uh, but also with those crypto curious people that they're like, well, I have no idea how I can interact with anything that is crypto related. So this is a really fun experiment. I love this project. Um, my question, um, if I can remember it exactly, now that I've talked way too much, um, had to do with one of the things that Chris said, and that was that the uh, company or the um, the vendor would have to choose whether they wanted to use that payment uh, platform or not. The question that rose from that was, I thought this was uh, a, like a Visa card that was wrapped, you know, as a bankless card. Is is that not the case? If and if not, like, how does it work then? If when vend each vendor has to choose to um, use this card or not? Yeah, or am I, I misunderstanding it yeah, maybe, completely? Maybe I said that wrong, or maybe you're misunderstanding. No, the the vendor doesn't choose the um, the vendor can accept this like any other Mastercard. So it is essentially a Mastercard, and um, while under the surface it's not it's not specifically a debit card or a credit card, um, it acts exactly like a debit card. Um, so. You you mentioned a gift card earlier. Um, I believe the technology that we're uh, Al's going to be able to to um, to specify, but I believe the the technology that we're working on is essentially like a corporate gift card. Um, but the way it works is you have typically the corporate gift cards. Like if you receive a, a gift card from a company who offers you a rebate on something, they'll give you say a hundred dollar rebate and they'll send you out a gift card. That's a single use only gift card. The way that ours works is it's a reloadable gift card, um, which is essentially like a debit card. So there is a, a bank account. And I don't mean to confuse things because we are a bankless card uh, and we are using bank accounts, but there, anybody who's going to use a MasterCard or a Visa card will have to have some form of bank account, period. There's there's no way to get around that. Even with Gnosis Pay, they're using a bank account through a third-party provider. So, um, so with our card, it is essentially just a MasterCard. The vendor doesn't even know that it's a special kind of card. The only difference is that instead of all of that money going off to the banks, a portion of the proceeds from the merchant fee gets sent to us. Cool. So it sounds like then the person who's holding this card, say me, for instance, if I have a bankless card, I have to preload this because it is a debit card mm -hmm. to be able to use this. Now I can yes. preload that traditional tr with traditional money, like USD, fiat, or... I can preload this with crypto. So at launch, you will not be able to preload it with crypto. We hope to get okay. there. Um, I guess like we're trying to thread a compliance needle at first. Mm. Uh, we thought it was important to get something out there. And then as we go, we can build upon it. You know, we're not a VC backed company. This mm -hmm. is all bootstrapped through us and our patrons. Uh, so yes, eventually you will be able to load with crypto, but for now it's fiat. Um, the nice thing about this though, is that, um, when you are spending your crypto in a regular place, like a, like a, a coffee shop or something like that, um, what you're doing is essentially you're taking this, um, this wealth outside of the crypto ecosystem. So the nice thing about the launch product of Bankless Card is that you're actually going to be bringing, uh, fiat wealth into the crypto ecosystem. Oh, well, well, that's amazing. Um, 
And, and yeah, I have another question. I feel like we kind of touched on some of this as far as like the launch goes. Um, but links, Good. could you talk a bit more about what stage of launch you're at? Um, when will it be ready? And is it only available for U.S. residents only? If so, also, is it going to be available to countries um, aside from the United States in the future? Yes. Uh, so absolutely. I mean, we're at this phase one launch right now. It's only going to be available uh, for U.S. residents at first. Um, and it's only going to be with uh, two communities at launch. Uh, and we're only going to be allowing people to get tokens in exchange for their spending. So it's really like kind of this bare bones product that we're putting out there. Um, we thought it was important to put something out there and then build upon it over time. Uh, but the plan really is to go worldwide um, and to allow to us to support communities financially and for us to be part of every community that we can. Um, when we get to phase two, um, this is kind of when we really unlock uh, that revenue piece. What we'll be creating will be applicable to almost any community that's out there, Web3 and otherwise. Um, it's, it's going to um, hopefully be, I mean, Saying worldwide is 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 a pretty big statement because um, if you are issuing payment cards, typically you have to go country by country. But we do have a couple partners that are going to help us launch in something like sixty countries at once, which includes the EU region. Uh, we do have a partner that's ready to go in Canada uh, as well. But our highest chance of success is to launch this in the states first, and so that's where we're starting. Awesome. Well, well, that's amazing. And yeah, I, I um, see here one of uh, your your team members, Allison. By the way, shout out to Allison if she's listening to this. Uh, she's really helped with um, you know the planning stages for this podcast. Um, she mentioned about going to European countries as another large DAO audience. Do you want to touch on that at all, Links? Yeah. So in our research, we did a lot of research before we started building anything. Um, that's just the product person in me, uh, and we went to you know two dozen different DAOs and we had like almost a thousand DAO contributors respond to our surveys. Uh, turns out that um, most DAO contributors are in North America from, from our surveys, at least the ones that we're able to reach. Uh, but the next biggest group is in Europe. Uh, and so Europe is definitely on our radar. Uh, it's something that with the partners that we have lined up, uh, we think we can make happen in 2024. Uh, so it's a big unlock for us and, and hopefully a big unlock for, for our DAO friends in Europe. Awesome. Well, that's really exciting to hear for the DAO ecosystem. Um, and yeah, speaking of DAO questions, I'm going to pass it off to Eureka John to ask our next question here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just thinking about like scenarios in which somebody be using this card and like I'm say I'm a clerk at a grocery store and somebody throws down this bankless Dow card. And I'm like, oh, wow, you're in bankless Dow. You know, like that's freaking rad. So and then I start talking to them. I'm like, so I assume that you're a member of bankless Dow, right? And what do they have to be a member of bankless Dow to have that card? No, not at all. Okay. I mean, through the through the card, they can easily become a member of Bankless DAO. I mean, different DAOs have different ways to become a member. Um, Bankless DAO is is one of the most open DAOs. It's one of the DAOiest DAOs out there. Um, and if they wanted to get involved, a very low impact way would just to be to go to app.bankless.card.xyz, um, download the card, and start spending. And uh, when you do that, you are helping the community and you are effectively gaining the bank that you need to become a member. Uh, at Bankless DAO, you need 35,000 bank to become a member. And Bankless Card is a way to start accumulating that bank without really doing anything else. So uh, you don't have to be an existing member to, to join. Uh, but if you are interested in becoming a member, it's a really good way to get involved. 
That's I love really that dowiest of dows. <laughs> yeah. It's also really important to note that you don't have to have 35,000 bank to vote for in bankless DAO. You can have one bank similar to ApeCoin DAO. It's one bank, one vote. So if you're out there earning tokens by spending, you're, you're earning voting rights within the community. You're earning governance within the community. Um, and the app itself will show those votes for you as well as they are coming up. Um, that's going to mm -hmm. be more about phase two than, than phase one, but uh, that will be there as well. It's uh, it's a way to get kind of a taste of that uh, of that ecosystem without uh, going full bore in. You're dipping your toes in. And I suppose now would be a good time to mention our first community partner as well. So the other yeah. card that we're going to launch with is Nouns Card. And we're awesome. working in partnership with the Nouns Naming Service, NNS. Um, big shout out to Dom from NNS. He's been extremely supportive in this whole endeavor. Um, so thank you very much to him. And also to Prof Werder, who is um, an OG Nouner, and she's been helping us quite a lot. Um, so they've actually decided that they want people to have an NNS before they get a card. So people can go out and purchase their NNS name. I believe it's $100 to purchase your own NNS name. That's similar to an ENS name. And um, that will allow them to then register and collect their bankless card. So it's really going to depend on each community whether they want to gate access to their specific card or not. Yeah, it seems like such a flex. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interject yeah. here. But like, if I saw somebody just throw down a bankless card or a nouns card, like it's it's like, you're representing, yeah. You know? <laughs> mm -hmm. If you think that's a flex, where do you meet some of the people from ApeCoin DAO who want their ape on a card? They want a one-one card with their one-one NFT, and it's something we could do eventually. Um, it's not going to be something we do at launch, but that would be a huge flex to get your favorite NFT on there. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine dropping your chippy down as you're paying? I want to get my Bufficorn on one of these cards, man. That that'd be awesome to get like ETH Denver Bufficorn uh, branded cards that we all use at ETH Denver. <laughs> Awesome. So yeah, um, just before we get into like what's next and what's in the future for Bankless Car, which NF Thinker started to touch on, um, two questions I have. It's number one, how easy is it for your favorite DAO uh, to get a branded card? Um, and what if a DAO is not one of the DAOs in this launch? How can they get a DAO branded card? Um, so currently we are permissioned. I mean, eventually we'd like to be permissionless where any DAO could, could join up and and launch their own card uh, but it does cost something more than nothing to start a new card new card program um, so we are limiting it to to DAOs that um, either have a big following or have enough money to be able to spend on this we've talked to some communities who have very small communities but they wouldn't mind spending a bit of money to actually launch their own card um, and our focus currently is on DAOs that have a thousand plus members um, and active communities as well. So we are on the lookout for more communities. If you're a community out there who thinks that you you fit the bill, please get in touch. I'd be more than happy to speak with you. Yeah, um, sure. Like Opolis, East Denver, there's like so many different ways that, that we can collab with Bankless Card. So yeah, we can continue those conversations async on how we can support. So yeah, my final questions here, I just want to talk a bit about the future of Bankless Card. Um, so NF Thinker, what's next for Bankless Card? Uh, do you want to touch at all on the rewards program and what other partners uh, might be thinking of launching a branded card? 
Well, you mentioned Opolis before. We have actually had some conversations with you. I do think that that would be a fantastic partnership right there. Um, ETH Denver is coming up. We are trying to build something in time for that. Not sure if we're going to get it out the door or not, uh, but we do have some potential there. Um, in terms of rewards, so cards are all about rewards, and I see this all the time in Twitter, in Warpcast, in LinkedIn, and all the different social communities I'm in. People are constantly posting about, oh, wow, my card gives me this. And it might be VIP access to an airport lounge. It might be a discount on a rental car. It might be access to some sort of VIP event. Uh, it might be a discount on something. I get discounts through one of my cards that I use, and that's something that people already expect. So it's something that we have to build in. The beauty of Web3 is that rewards become composable, right? So you can have an NFT that gives you access to rewards from other communities potentially, or it allows vendors to offer discounts to people who hold specific tokens and specific NFTs without even getting involved with us specifically. So we'll be able to build this ecosystem of loyalty rewards and points that you accrue that give you access to discounts across br a broader ecosystem. There, there, there's so much to unpack. Yeah, there. I really there's, feel like there's could, so much. You know, spend half an hour or more discussing. I know. It, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do want to be respectful of everyone's time here. So I have one final question. And then if we're all okay with hanging out for a minute and each of us saying like what we're most looking forward to in 2024, as far as events, um, I'd really love to cover that as well before we close today. Um, so yeah, I will pass it off to links um, just to talk a little bit about what the next three to five years look like for Bankless Card. Um, and how many DAOs and DAO supporters uh, do you aim to support? So in the next one month, we hope to have a thousand people using the card. You know, that's our goal. Um, I think it's a it's a modest, doable goal. But ultimately, uh, we want Bankless Card to be a tool uh, for anyone to be able to use. I think that... Um, Really, when you look at our society today, um, people come to Web3 uh, because they have some sort of issue with our institutions. Um, I mean, some people might even say that our institutions have failed us. You know, over the last 20 to 30 years, we have uh, had our institutions kind of centralized around economic efficiency. And as a result, you know, we have uh, social networks stealing our data. We have a climate crisis. We have a housing crisis, mental health crisis. I think that it's all uh, a result of that of that kind of centralization. Um, and Bankless Card's really for anyone who sees this centralization and they want to do something about it. It's for anyone who has gotten screwed over by a bank or anyone who's put who wants to put purpose over money or anyone who wants to just make the world a little bit more human. Um, and Bankless Card is a way for us to bank uh, to band together to create that change that we can't do on our own. Uh, and I think that the thing that, and here's where I'm getting to that three to five years, we're starting as a payment card. You know, we are, we are doing this to strengthen communities. Uh, we believe in doing so by empowering these communities, we're going to go back to a time um, when that human component uh, was a little bit more front and center, put above this kind of money component. But um, money is a part of our daily lives. Blockchain allows us to, to utilize that money as a tool uh, for our purpose rather than 
an end in itself. And so I think that for Benka's card, what I would like to do over the next three to five years is continue building on top of that um, because we have this technology that makes it faster, cheaper, easier to do the whole money thing. Now we could focus on the purpose side of things. And so Benka's card will be kind of bridging that gap, straddling these two worlds, real life and Web3 or blockchain. And, uh, and I'm hoping that we can create tools to continue to empower communities, to continue to empower individuals. Um, that's what I want to see as do in the next three to five years. Wow. Mic drop, mic drop. Absolutely. Uh, beautiful mission, beautifully stated links. Um, and yeah, I'm so grateful for you both coming on today and, and teaching our viewers and our listeners more about Bankless Card. Um, so yeah, kind of like a bonus question I want to ask everyone before we um, close the podcast episode today. What are you most excited for for 2024? Are there any IRL events that you all plan on going to? Um, and we can pass it off to Eureka John first to start. Oh, well, I guess the first thing is, is I got to make my way up in my car to East Denver where I can just uh, carry around my, my mic and my bag and just do some gonzo journalism and, you know, kind of just uh, see what's going on on the streets. And then, uh, yeah, so but I'm really stoked about what you guys are doing. I left in the comment, um, you know, bankless card is a payment card for right now. Um, maybe in three to five years, you know, with everything moving towards decentralized IDs and stuff, maybe this could eventually be like a physical manifestation of a digital ID card and, you know, customize it with your PFP, give back to your communities and be completely decentralized. That is the vision where we all have our personal sovereignty in the digital space. That's inevitable for us. So. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, it's going to happen. And we're hoping that we can make it happen sooner, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And Eureka, John, um, I mentioned earlier before we started recording a little bit of alpha I'll, I'll give on this episode um, for ETH Denver for 2024. I'm actually organizing a job fair. So this will be the first job fair that is officially put on by ETH Denver. Uh, it'll be Saturday, March 2nd. Um, and yeah, we're going to be going from about 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So I mean, a big part of ETH Denver is biddlers coming together and we're really like creating the future of work here. A lot of people that go to ETH Denver end up finding jobs, right? There's a lot of recruiters, people hiring. So this is going to be really huge. And those of you that know my work at Opolis, that goes hand in hand with employment, right? Um, so yeah, it's going to be really fun. Saturday, March 2nd, a little bit of alpha promos have not gone out yet. So yeah, keep your eyes open for the promo. And I'm really excited for that. Uh, another thing I'm really excited about for 2024, um, for those of you that know earlier in the episode, I mentioned my work at the University of Ethereum. We are actually putting on EdCon this year, 2024. Uh, EdCon is happening July in Tokyo. And we are actually having like the first crypto event that's hosted in an Olympic stadium. Uh, so those of you that know um, where the the uh, Tokyo Olympics were held. Uh, we've worked with the government of Japan to secure that venue and we're hosting it at an Olympic stadium. So stay tuned for more information on that. Uh, I'm really excited for EdCon and ETH Denver this year. And yeah, I'll pass it over to Humpty for, uh, yeah, what you're most excited about this year. Yeah, you know, um, it's really hard to uh, sit here and, and not think about the interoperable future of Web3. You know, just the way that technology keeps becoming more and more composable thanks to crypto. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll kind of like add on or, or I guess uh, jump on what uh, Eureka John was saying in terms of our digital identities. I think that there's an opportunity here to start building uh, not just with these digital Legos, but also incorporating some physical elements to it um, that add tremendous utility to what we do already in the virtual space, 
one of the things that I've been pretty heavily involved in researching and building the last couple of months, maybe six months now, is in the space of loyalty. And there is a lot of opportunity. Obviously, we've seen, you know, like what Frontech uh, started with points that now has proliferated uh, a lot of the Web3 space. And I think that it is an important tool because it allows us to measure value impact across organizations, across protocols, uh, and then be able to distribute value back to these individuals that have made an impact. Um, I think the best projects that are leveraging points today aren't just doing so as a way to just distribute off-chain you know, <laughs> primitives or whatever. It's really to measure the valuable contributions that people are making to a community, that people are making uh, to a protocol using, you know, DeFi protocols, for instance, or whatnot. So I really like the idea of in the future, a project like mine, like Mosaic, where we could provide this backend engine to measure the impact of your customers and then issue them rewards based on that value, right? So to be able to have these positive sum games played um, and those rewards being issued through some physical card like Bankless card, I think that would be really rad where you stream these payments to the Mosaic card and then you can go ahead and just use them however you'd like, um, you know, using traditional payment rails. I just think that that's a really interesting space because it's definitely one, like Link said, it's not simple, but when done right, it allows for a much easier off-ramp and on-ramp into this ecosystem, and it makes it that much more fun. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Bankless Card is going to be playing a big role in that. I'm going to be keeping my eyes on them. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we will uh, wrap up here with uh, Chris and Lynx. What are you most excited about for 2024? And are there any IRL events that you plan on attending? Uh, yeah, I have decided that I'm going to make it out to <laughs> ETH Denver. I was convinced by our communal friend, Hero Canelli. Big shout out to Hero Canelli, brother from another mother. Um, so yeah, I'm going out there. I'm really excited to see obviously all my, my bankless DAO and chippy friends. Um, but of course what's being done and, and I've never experienced ETH Denver. So I hear it's quite amazing. Oh, wow. Uh, beyond that, I'm looking forward to chippy con 2024. Yeah. So I've got my chippy con sticker here from, from Austin, um, um, wherever that may take place and just events. And then beyond that, I'm really looking forward to seeing some of these things that we've been building come into fruition because it, seems like we're coming into another bull market, whether we are or not, yeah. or whether we're in one already, I don't know. Um, but it feels like the, th whatever we've been building over the past two, three years within DAOs is starting to come to fruition and, and quote unquote normies are starting to understand the importance of having, uh, on chain, on chain provability, credibility, um, equity in a system and being able to sort of own what you build. So, um, that's what I'm excited about. Wow. Uh, beautifully said, Chris. And I just realized all of us here are all chippies. So I think for this final episode, um, it'd be really fitting to have like our thumbnail graphic show all of our chippies. That would be beautiful. 
I see all the nods. Yep, we're going to do it. Okay. Yeah, I'm really excited to spend time. I mean, I, I think everyone here is going to be at ETH Denver. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, ChippyCon, we're hosting the job fair. Not quite sure I'm going to make it yet. No. See. Uh, okay, Links. Well, I, I hope that you can. It would be really awesome to see you there. Uh, but yeah, Links, if you want to chat a bit about what you're most excited about for 2024 and any IRL events that you will be at. So I'll definitely be at ETHTO. Um, I'm still trying to make it to ETH Denver. We'll see. We'll see if it works out. It'll be a last minute thing if it's a thing at all, but uh, I would love to make it out and see all of your lovely faces in person. Um, I guess I am, you know, I am a, a builder and what I'm really looking forward to is to getting this card out into people's hands. Uh, I started working on this at the end of 2021. Um, I started bringing others in early 2022. So it's now 2024, right? It's been a long time. And as someone who's, uh, as someone who's built a bunch of products before the, the moment it really starts for me is when you get that product in people's hands. That is the, that is the starting line for me, even though we've spent all this time, uh, doing what we needed to do to get that product into people's hands. That is the goal is to get people using it and to get people loving it. Right. And so for me, um, that's what I'm really looking forward to. It's probably going to happen pretty soon. We hope knock on wood. Uh, it depends on, on some of our partners, but, uh, um, it could happen as soon as tomorrow. It really depends. But if it happens and we get into people's hands, um, I'm just going to be having so much fun iterating and making that better as we go. So uh, I'm going to use that as my, as my 2024 thing and I'll be able to accomplish it very shortly. So, uh, not bad to have, uh, an easy goal to, to check off the list. Awesome links. And uh, yeah, just to like kind of wrap up here, um, I, I want to provide some resources in our description. Like, is there a specific place that people can go to sign up for this card? Is there anything we can share with our listeners and viewers? So bankuscard.xyz is our website and we will be going to, I mean, we're hoping that app.bankuscard.xyz will be live by the time this airs. Um, as I said, it could be as quickly as tomorrow. It's really, uh, it's really very close. So um, either bankuscard.xyz or app.bankuscard.xyz, either one of those in the show notes would work. Awesome. Yeah, well, I want to be respectful of everyone's time here. Um, I'm so grateful to you both, Chris and Lynx, for joining today and, and teaching our listeners and viewers and, and us at Crypto Sapiens more about Bankless Card. Um, it's always a good feeling to give back to the Bankless DAO community. A lot of us got our start from there. Um, so it's really nice to end season eight full circle, coming back to the Bankless DAO community. Um, Eureka, John, and Humpty, I want to both thank you individually for uh, really mentoring me along my podcasting journey. Uh, Eureka, John, I came into this really not knowing the ins and outs of podcasting and really unfamiliar with this medium. Uh, and I'm just so grateful. I wouldn't have gotten to where I'm at if it wasn't for you, Eureka John, for you, Humpty, and for the Crypto Sapiens team. So uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for helping me along my podcasting and professional journey. Yeah. Grateful for you, Crypto Sapiens and Bankless DAO and Bankless Card. Thank you for you all joining today. Okay, friends. So before we end today's episode, I just want to take a moment to thank projects like BanklessDAO and projects like Opolis for making season eight of Crypto Sapiens possible. So I just want to draw your attention to the links in our description. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see the links there. Or if you're listening to our podcast, you'll also see the links in the description. The first is going to be Bankless.community. And for those watching the video, I'll go ahead and share my screen. So you'll see here BanklessDAO's website. You'll also be able to learn more about how to join BanklessDAO, the different guilds, and different projects that we're working on at BanklessDAO. 
And there really is something for everyone here. I think it's an amazing starting point for those looking to get involved in Web3. If you're listening to this and want to learn more about how to get involved, Bankless DAO is an excellent starting point. There's guilds for just about any interest here. So I highly recommend going to bankless.community, joining the Discord and saying hi and making some friends. To stay up to date on all things CryptoSapiens, go to CryptoSapiens.xyz. Here, you'll see all of our podcast episodes uploaded with a brief description of what they are, and you can also download them from here. Now, last but not least, a lot of you know me actually from my work at Opolis. So Opolis, if you don't know, is a digital employment cooperative. We do things like offer employer services to those working in the Web3 space, working on DAOs, or running their own independent business. So we help issue W2s pay stubs, and get you things like national healthcare coverage. So if this is something you're interested in, click the link in the description. All proceeds for referrals go towards supporting CryptoSapiens. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode of CryptoSapiens. As always, stay tuned for next time, and thank you again for joining.